This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. Welcome to Sports Brothers Atlanta. Once again, I'm your man, Matt. I'm alongside here, Ro, coming to you again on January 27th. Can't believe we're already almost one way into into 20 or one month into 2020. Um, been going quick. Had a couple things that uh, has gone on in the past couple weeks since we've been away. Um, first of all, I mean, we all we all saw what happened yesterday on the news or on Twitter, and it's um, it's devastating. Um, yeah. It kind of felt like the kind of felt like the world stopped spinning yesterday. Um, kind of hard to really wrap your head around. Um, so, I mean, our thoughts and our prayers are with the family, with Kobe's family, um, and the other families that were involved in the in the helicopter crash as well. Um, you know, guys, I mean, this is this is something that really affects everybody because you stop and think about it and you think about your loved ones, you think about your family um, and your friends, and it's, you know, it can happen to anybody. You know, as you can see right there, when, when God says it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you've been thinking about something like that or, you know, just had just had some tough times, it's just, you know, it happens to anybody, but keep your head up and, you know, always hug your loved ones, always kiss your loved ones, um, you go, because you never know when it's going to come. And so take advantage of it every day you have, for sure. Yeah, my condolences go out to Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter and the other seven members also uh, who were involved in a helicopter crash. It's so sad, and boy, my heart aches today uh, for those who, who were in the helicopter at that time, and also to the pilot. My heart goes out to everyone, well, because I was a Kobe fan. Yeah, um, I mean, he was he was such a role model for so many kids growing up. Um, a lot of those guys are in the league now. You know, you saw how how devastated some of those players were yesterday, including you know Trey Young, Devin Booker. Um, Kyrie Irving had to leave the leave the arena because he was so distraught. Um, you saw the emotions from LeBron James getting off the airplane. Yeah. Um, you saw from Dwayne Wade, from Shaq, from MJ, um, from Magic, from everybody. And um, I mean, it's just I mean he he brought so many he brought so many smiles to so many faces. Um, yeah. And he was more he was more than just a basketball player. You know, he was such a good thing for the community. Um, there's a lot of stories out there talking about you know how how selfless he was. Um, yeah. and how he always put other people first, um, and how much love he really showed for his daughters. Um, so it was a good, it was a good family man as well. And I think that's why this, uh, this hurts so many. Yeah. The impact that he had on, on, on a lot of people in LA and all over and after retirement, uh, from basketball, because he was really doing a, good, a lot of great things in the community. Um, and I want I was looking forward to seeing a lot more from him, uh, after basketball too definitely right because you know a lot of us look up to him you know we watch sports we cover sports um but after sports a lot of players you don't hear from him any longer but kobe we, we still was hearing a lot of things he was doing in the community and also um helping his daughter become a great basketball player also as well so definitely the other people were on the, on the helicopter as well they don't uh lots not knowing about them but Hopefully, over time, we'll learn more about them as well, Matt. So yeah, for sure. I know one of them was a um, was a baseball coach at a junior college out in California. I think it was Orange Coast. Um, I think was the name of the school. So um, heartbreaking for that school as well, and all all those people that knew him. And um, from what I heard, he was a he was a good man as well. 
Yes. So, uh, moving in into the show here, we're gonna we're gonna start it off with some high school basketball. It's in full force right now. We got region play going on. Uh, McEachern still on top as as we would all we would all think so. Um, North Cobb not too far behind, but uh, I'll let Roe kind of hand it over to him and see what uh, and see what he thinks so far in the season. Wow, it's interesting. Uh, Grayson still holding the number one spot in the state of Georgia. I was at the, uh, Matt. I was at the game on Friday night and also Saturday night. Um, Friday night I was over at Marietta High School uh, watching them play against McEachin, and then also on Saturday night I was back over at McEachin uh, watching them take on North Cobb also as well. Uh, boy, Sharif Cooper, man, amazing player, number one high school player in the state of Georgia. He's in the top two or three uh, in the country also as well. This is his senior year, so he will be uh, going off to Auburn this fall. But, man, he put on a show on Friday night over at Marietta High. He had 34 points in that contest. The score was 97 to 69. So they pretty much blew them out, Marietta. Uh, Marietta's having a rough year this year, uh, Marietta High School. They're not doing too well. Even in, in their region, they're not doing well. Uh, but Marietta's record this year, they're, they're last place in their region and four wins and 18 losses. In the region, they're one and seven. So they're having a tough time. Uh, uh, like the opposite of their football team who had who just won state in the seven, uh, 7A class. Uh, then against North Cobb on Saturday night, the score was 81 to 68. 81 to 68 with that score against North Cobb. Um, Cooper had 25 and three and a half quarters. He fouled out at the, towards the end of the third quarter. Uh, he picked up his fifth foul and he didn't play in the uh, fourth quarter. And the game was pretty tight. So I, I really thought that North Cobb had a chance to come back and win, but the reserve players they get rallied together uh, and they pulled away. In the, they pulled up, pulled away in the fourth quarter, and you know came home with the victory. So I thought that was amazing, uh, especially since we got two games remaining, Matt, uh, in the high school season. Two games um, they have two games remaining. McEachin does, and the two games they have uh, remaining, they play tomorrow night. Um, and then they end the season uh, this coming Friday against Hill Grove. Uh, tomorrow night is against Kennesaw Mountain uh, at home. And then Friday night it'll be against Hill Grove. And then starting February, we start into the, uh, to the playoff games. And I'll be letting you know how that goes and what the format is and what and where, the, where McEachin be placed in and Marietta and, and the rest of the team so forth. But right now uh, the, low, the, the low down on the standings for Region 3 is uh, McEachin is 8-0. They've won that region the last four. This will be the fifth year that they've been undefeated, matter of fact, in the region, region three. And they'll be moving to uh, moving on to region two next year. Uh, but in region three, they pretty much dominate over the last five years. Undefeated, they haven't lost in region three in five years. Mm. Uh, boy, that's amazing. Uh, North Cobb is 5-3 and three in the region at number two. Kennesaw Mountain is 6-4 and four in that region. Hill Grove is three and five in the region. North Paulding is two wins and six losses, and Marriott is one and seven in that region. So, you know, Kennesaw Mountain is six and four in the region, and they'll and uh, McEachin will be playing them tomorrow night, and then they'll wrap up the uh, final season, the game, uh, their final wrap up season against Hill Grove at three and five on Friday night. But it's been an amazing year with two two games, and also uh, McEachin is number four in the state. Um, so. Uh, we'll see what they do in the tournament, but they're not as strong as they were last year when it was 32-0. and 0. 
uh, Grayson, which is ranked number one. They beat them to end their 39-game winning streak earlier in the year. Um, so Grayson's really tough. I don't know if McEachin's ready for them this year. I don't think that they're going to repeat. Uh, all the way McEachin's going to repeat this year, Sharif is going to have he's going to have to average about 40, 50 points a game. Uh, but Grayson, how they beat him in the early in the, in the year to stop their 39-game win streak is they double-teamed him a lot, and they basically forced the ball out of his hands. So that's what they're probably going to have to do and force other guys to step up and shoot. Um, so they know they're going to have to do basically the same thing. Uh, but you got a lot of tough competition in the region in, in the playoffs this year because North Cobb is playing very well uh, at number seven in the state so north cobb is doing well like i said grayson and there's a lot of few other teams north uh north cross is doing well also as again even without brandon boston who moved on to sierra canyon in california but north cross is still tough they, they lost a lot of key key players but their program is really really good year after year and they're going to stay in the region so uh next year so they're not going anywhere and they won't be going anywhere for a long time and grayson won't be either uh, as far as their football and basketball uh their football and basketball programs are doing really, really well at Grayson. So, and I look for them to do the same next year as well. So, Matt, anything else you want to say? Uh, well, I mean, while we're just kind of, just kind of ending off on what you said about Grayson and about all those schools over there. You also got to look, guys, at at things beyond sports. So you got to look at um, houses for sale, um, household income, okay. things like that. There's a lot of people moving into the Gwinnett County area, to the North hmm. Fulton County area. Um, so that's something to keep your eye on. You know, oh, okay. look at look at. I wouldn't call it immigration, but look how people migrate in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Um, it's kind of been a trend of moving into the city, moving out of the city. Um, and right now, we're kind of on the transition of the younger folks are moving in closer towards the city, just because there's more things like entertainment and stuff like that. Yes. And then those parents who are older right now, kind of in between the baby boomers and whatever you want to call the millennials, um, they're moving outwards into Forsyth County, into Gwinnett County. Um, where they can get a little bit of land, a little bit nicer house, um, better school system and stuff like that. So you look at these schools like Gwinnett, um, Gwinnett County, North Fulton County, um, Cobb County, they're all going to be loaded with, I think, the best potential just because of you look at who's moving in and who's moving out of that of those counties. So I think that's yeah. kind of the, the reason that we see the same people um, no matter what sport we play, just because those areas have the best talent. And there's not really yeah. a whole lot you can do about it um, looking on the outside in. It's really the parents, right? I mean, the parents are the ones moving to that area and their kids are going to those schools. So it's just something, you know, a different element to look at when you're when you're talking about these high school sports. Yeah, so what Matt's talking about, and, and he's right, uh, well, that's why you've seen all the changes that we've been talking about over the past few shows uh, for as the region changes and also moving up, up and right. down in classification. Exactly. Because schools, some schools are growing, some schools are decreasing. And, and size right. also as well. So, uh, I mean, that's just what's happening, and it's causing an effect, a rippling effect uh, in the community and also for traffic and also for us how teams, you know, some teams are staying on top and some teams are moving down. Right. So, you know, that's how you got Grayson at 21 right now, state, you know, for state, and they did so well footballs as well because their population has moved up and it's growing also as well. In Snailville, you got uh, Shiloh doing well now too. And you didn't see them doing that last year in basketball. Now they're twenty and one, you know. So you got like academies, uh, different academies are moving up. They're growing in sizes too. So some of the academies are, are moving up in rank as well, moving up from one A now and then two A and, and, and so forth. So 
you're going to see more of that in years to come also as well so right right i mean and that's a good way to you know that's a good way to track um where people are moving and stuff like that these regional realignments are are really interesting because you look at right after or right near when i ended high school going Mm -hmm. into the first few years i was in college they moved harrison out of our region so when i graduated high school harrison was in our region but as soon as i graduated they moved him out um around that time not getting political at all but there was a what they called a recession um so if you know harrison's district at all it's higher income these houses are a lot larger go for a lot more money and so people were kind of forced to move out of that area or they were unattracted to that area but now ever since the spike up in the economy you see those people with money in their pockets coming back into those areas and then we see harrison move up again in population see, size when, when you was in high school matt um there was no 7a was it there was no 7A until... It was just 6A. Yeah, there was no 7A until, I guess, my freshman year of college. So I was the last okay. year of the 6A. Yeah. yeah. So that's why when Matt's talking about there, Harrison was already in 6A, and so was Hillgrove in 6A, because everybody was in 6A. Right. There wasn't no uh, 7A, but now there's a 7A classification. And so now you got schools like he just mentioned, Harrison, now they're moving up from 6A to 7A, you know, with Hillgrove, which, which is already a 7A. They was... There was yeah. The, they were start of the 7A class. It's good for the schools, it. too, because that was a very large rivalry, um, yeah. along with McEachern and Harrison was probably the next biggest one. Um, so that's good that those schools kind of get to go back and uh, and battle that out for sure. I mean, Harrison's a really good football team, too. Yeah. They've got a lot of good sports there. are always talented on all all big three ones, um, really good at women's soccer as well. So um, it'll be good for them to, to kind of step in and take McEachern's spot. Um, I don't know how well they'll be able to do it. But I think they definitely present a challenge for most of those teams in that region, for sure. Every two years, Matt, I think it is. Uh, they yeah, out make they look at it. Yep. They look at it every two years. Yeah. So two years from now, they go in and look at it again, see who's going to move up, who's going to move down, and what other kind of changes they make. I don't think you're going to ever see no 8A eight, eight, eight class. Yeah, I think, there's, I think not a lot of, there's not a lot of states that have it. I know. No. I think California might have it, Texas might have it, and Florida might have it. So I, I mean, believe Indiana, where I come from, I believe it's 5A. Yeah, it's, it's the highest. I mean, it all depends. You know, it depends on population. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's all it's all supply and demand, right? People have more and more kids. Um, sometimes you got to build more schools, right? Those schools get overpopulated. Um, we mm-hmm. saw that with McEachern, and that's why Hillgrove was built. Um, I think Hillgrove or McEachern was pushing five thousand kids, and so that's why Hillgrove was built. Okay, um, and yeah. then they kind of split that in the middle, and it kind of settled itself out. Still, two really good, talented programs, no matter yeah. where you look at. Um, but you know, that's things to consider. Um, I know Mills or Mill Creek is in like 4,500 to 5,000 kids right now. Who knows what they do? You know, they always can find space in Gwinnett County to build another school. Yeah. Um, so that's just other things to look at as well. Hey, Matt, that was about, what, about 15 years ago that uh, Hillgrove broke off of McEachin? Uh, let's see. So it was it about was, 15 years it now? It was 2005. Yeah, 2005. Yeah. Jesus. So about 15 years ago. I feel, so, I feel so old. That, that was about it. That is. That really just set in for me right there, because I remember in middle or in elementary school it being built. Yeah, uh, I was around nine years old when they when they were being built. Um, I heard that I heard that Harrison and, and Altoona used to be together too. Is that correct? Yeah, so they were in the same. They would, I guess, Altoona kind of pulled kids from Harrison's district as well. I know they pulled a little bit from North Cobb, but okay. I think it was more of Harrison than it was North Cobb. Okay. And Alatuna is really funny because it's right there on the Paulding line. Yeah. So if you actually ever go to Alatuna, look across the neighborhood across the street. Half of that neighborhood is in Paulding County, so those kids cannot go to Alatuna. Wow. wow. So they go to That's, North Paulding. Wow. 
just crazy stuff. You know, all these zonings and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of parents that go to the city halls and fight and stuff like that to not, you know, to not be district for another school and stuff like that. So, I mean, this whole this whole realignment stuff is a lot bigger than people think of just, oh, well, these teams, it's not based on talent. It's strictly based on population, yeah. and I think that's something that a lot of people get confused. Yeah, they think it um, is. I mean, take it for an example. This is why you don't do it right here. I mean, Buford kills everybody in football in the 3A classification, but they hold the same population year in and year out, so they cannot move them. Nope. So, the, you know, that's why they go play a tough, you know, a tough non-conference schedule is because, I mean, they kill everybody in 3A, yeah. you know, but there's nothing they can do about it because they've only got 1,000 kids in the school. You know, yeah. so that's it's not based on talent at all. It's based on population. And, and that's another reason why you look at these state rankings. Uh, I put a, a post up on Instagram about a about month ago, I think now. And I put the top 10 rankings up for the state of Georgia for basketball. And someone made a comment and said, we know uh, Woodard and uh, Academy and a couple other schools are, are, are how they're going to be in the top 25. I mean, I put 7A up there. That was my mistake. I put 7A. Uh, top tw- top ten up there on uh, on on a social media site, but they're they're in a four A six A and a couple other schools in there. But they put them all together because, um, really they put them all together because not only because you know it makes it raining, but they're for their scheduling and for their strength of the schedule and, and their records and things. And they and plus they play each other, right? Because uh, McEachin plays more than just all seven A schools, right? They play other rank other uh, classifications in other states they play and also for in state why they like last year they play holy spirit that's academy i think the holy spirit was like 1a i think at that or 2a yeah. something like that but, so I mean, they play schools like that so hey yeah and basketball, holy pretty basketball, good. Is a, basketball is probably the most prevalent sport when you talk about rankings um, and state. rankings and they mix them together and stuff like that because these some of these academy teams will run these 7a guys right out of they the will um, yeah Football, not so much. Baseball, it could possibly. Yeah. Um, but I think the more physical the sport gets, I think the harder these academies struggle with, just because of the depth of the school. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've only got thirty-five guys that want to play football, you're running up against McKeetron's got one hundred and twenty on the sideline. You know, um, yeah. that's tough. That is. But when you get in basketball, I mean, you only carry what twelve, fourteen guys on the bench. Um, you know, and you can recruit these guys, give them scholarships in the private schools and stuff like that. So that, I think that's why that's it why happens, basketball is really, though, uh, really I, interesting. It happens, though, Matt, because when I went a couple of football games over McEachin this year, I'm like, boy, they got about 100 guys on the sidelines. I look over at the little city school they play in. in the city school, uh, when I play the little city school, I'll be saying, like, a few. It don't be that many players on right. the other sideline. And I'll be sitting sometimes on the fans on the side of – of the wayside team, and I've been listening to comments and say, man, why they got so many players over on the sideline? We ain't never had that many players on the sidelines at one time. Yep. They look like a small army over there. Yep. I like, hey, that's how they roll. They roll deep, man. But that's how it is out here in these, in these suburbs, you know, in the inner city. They can't get that many kids to even play on, right. on, on the football team. The population in the school ain't even that big right. <laughs> to have that many kids, you know. So, But, Matt, while we on this note, I want, when we start, you know, I want to talk about the coach over Hillgrove, what's going on. And what, and what happened with that situation? So, I mean, here. I mean, so he went to Worth County, which is in South Georgia. Kind of took a very similar route of what Hawkman did last year with McEachern and kind of moving down in Savannah area. I think okay. it's just all a change of scenery. Um, I really don't think there was any any hard times, any politics, any things like that. I think uh, you know, Coach Ironside, both of his kids are older now and out of school, and so I think that he's just looking for a change of scenery, um, just something okay. different, kind of maybe change another program and turn them into. 
you know, a really good football team. He came in here at Hillgrove when it was just created and started off with the triple option, had nothing, and then built it up to, you know, a top five team in the state. He so was I there think, since the beginning, Matt. Yeah. yeah he's 15 been years. Since, he's been there. He he will be the first he will be the first head coach out of all three of the bigger sports, at least, to leave. Um, yeah. Coach Richardson, the baseball coach, is still there. He was okay. there from the beginning. And then Coach Morris for basketball um, has been there since the beginning. And Coach Morris was the McEachern head coach before Hillgrove was built. Oh. Um, so that was interesting. He was actually the coach of Josh Smith, who was over at McEachern during that time. I only know that because okay. my sister cheered over there. But Didn't know um, that. Didn't know that. Yeah, okay. so he's over there, and he's the head coach at Hillgrove. But, you know, I think – I think at some point you kind of just you kind of run out of of steam. Um, you come into the same place every single day. You've done just about all you can do. Um, I don't know what else you can really do to you know make your make your program any stronger, especially in high school. You know your hands are tied with money and stuff like that. So just go somewhere else. You know, get a change of scenery, yeah. um, and then help another school. You know, make its way up because I think he'll do a good job down there. Yeah, but they dominated that football seminar. We I talked about it all year long. Uh, during the football season, how much they Dom Hillgrove was dominant in that Region Three, and now and you know, but they never could get over the hump though. Yep. He helped them dominate that Region Three in football. Ironside did, but he could never get old, quite over the hump to help them win state. It's a very similar scenario to what Georgia's kind of been dealing with. Um, even when I mean, we we ran a more complex offense than what it looks like. Um, just sometimes I feel like there wasn't enough playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Defense was never a problem. Um, but offense just kind of seemed like, you know, ever since I left high school, there's no playmakers on the offensive side. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at Jalen McCall, who's now at Tennessee, but he's on the defensive side of the ball. I think he played corner and running back at Hillgrove. But ever since him, um, that's about the last guy I can think of on the offensive side of the ball. So wow. I think that's the problem they've been struggling with and, and something they're going to have to figure out, much like what George had a problem with, and, yeah. and they're going to have to figure out as well. Yeah, they are, definitely. So Super Bowl week is upon us here, um, about six days away. Super excited. Um, I think this is going to be a really good game. I think Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be two really good uh, quarterback matchups. And we'll just have to see what happens. Um, I think the the spread we just looked at, it's one and a half favorites of Chiefs. So you're pretty much picking, I mean, unless you're banking on an extra point, you're pretty much picking straight up as far as the Super Bowl if you're if you're throwing any type of money at this game. Um, and that's usually how the Super Bowl rolls. There's usually nothing bigger than, or really any big game, actually. When you look at football, I think that's the national championship got up to like four points, but still, no huge spreads. Pretty much just pick straight up who you think's got it. And uh, it'd be interesting to see. I'm going to get my prediction here in a few minutes, but it comes down to, you know, Mahomes' offense versus, you know, San Francisco's defense. Um, I don't think that San Francisco's offense will be able to keep up in a shootout. But nope. then again, I don't expect it to be shootout just because I know the San Francisco uh -oh. defense. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a battle back and forth. I think we're set up for a really good matchup. We are. We're close. I don't bet. I don't gamble. But I will give my predictions, though, who I think will win. I'm not going to always be right. Matt's not always going to be right. But I, 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 I'm going to give the best a shot I can at predictions. So. Yeah, I mean, you you look at this game. I hope Tevin Coleman should be good to go. Um, I think he had was it like a dislocated wrist or 
I thought it was shoulder. Shoulder. Yeah, dislocated shoulder. But, you know, Emma Smith played through in the Super Bowl with dislocated shoulder. Yeah, dislocated shoulder is not that bad. And he still won the Super Bowl with dislocated shoulders, too. So It's sore for a couple days once you pop it back in, and uh, you should be good to go. But He had two weeks of rest. Yeah. I mean, Tevin Coleman's going to be a big piece in this game. Um, You saw what they did two weeks ago in the running game. Um, Man, what's wrong with y'all Falcons letting him go? Y'all crazy. Yeah. Man, what's up with that? Y'all, I know y'all looking at this now. I'm like, man, he's the only way he can get a Super Bowl ring. Y'all crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, the running game for San Francisco is elite. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo three, three is, is is average. So, I mean, it just uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Chiefs come up with. You know, seven on the, passes in the championship. You know, game. schematically on the defense, I'm pass the ball seven times in the championship game. Are you serious, Matt? Well, I mean, you can't you, do that against no KC when you run it for 400 yards. You know. Well, yeah, I know. I understand that they. Time of possession was really important. Yeah. Right, they held that. They took that. They, boy, they just Green Bay. I'm sorry, point. They just took y'all manhood. Yeah, that was that was rough. <laughs> that was rough, man. No, oh boy, had 220 some yards, man. Rushing, boy, he killed y'all. Yeah, I mean it. I I mean I don't schematically for the Chiefs. I mean you gotta you gotta look at at slamming the box and try to force Jimmy G to throw. Um, and then you see what happens. You know the. The one thing I've kind of taken away from San Francisco out there throughout this whole year is, um, you know, catch them on a bad day because we've seen them a couple times on a bad day, and it's been ugly. You saw what the Falcons did to them and a couple other teams that, that did it to them. Um, but when they're on, they're going to be tough. That running game's nasty. Jimmy G can make enough throws, I think. Um, he's got Kittle, who's, an, you know, probably the best tight end in the, in the game right now. Man, I wonder, can the Chiefs win? Without winning the time of position and no running game, mm. I mean, about it. I mean, you'd have Can to hope Mahomes throw for hmm. five hundred. But you he, know? he pass. But he throws a lot of quick passes. He scores quickly too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't buy into the whole time of possession things like that. Just because I've seen LSU lose time of possession throughout the whole year and they won. Um, there's a lot of other teams that did it as well. I mean, if you could score yeah. points in a minute and 30 seconds, you're going to yeah. lose time of possession. But guess what? You're still throwing seven points on the board. Quickly. You know, so I in every time they get the ball, they got a chance at scoring, which in San Francisco, I don't think they do. Um, I think they've got to open up that running game so that way they can throw the ball as well. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if, Matt, the, if the Chiefs can slow down San Francisco at all, it's going to be a long day. Matt, <laughs> can San Francisco still win? What running the ball <laughs> got Mahomes throwing all these quick touchdown passes? Yeah, no, I think they can win. I think they, I think they have the defense that's capable of stopping Mahomes. Um, you know, all those nasty defensive linemen up front. I think if they can get to Mahomes and cause a little bit of pressure, okay, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, uh, but Kansas City, watch y'all get rid of Hunt. That was stupid as I don't know what. Now Hunt over there, he ain't doing that. He's sitting at home. He could have helped y'all with your running game, man. No, he did get arrested a couple of days ago. I did see that. Oh, really? Yeah, speeding, oh, and then there was uh, marijuana in the car. Oh, man. First Antonio Brown down this dude. Yeah, I saw that a couple of days ago. So that was out of jail with a crazy I think, suit. I think Kansas City had to do it. I think they had to let go of him. Obviously, that wasn't the popular decision. It wasn't. Um, just because of how good of a player he is. But yeah. I think just from a PR standpoint, I think you had you know you kind of had to send a message um, with all the stuff that came out as well. So, but I mean they're stuck here now. They you're in the Super Bowl, which is great. Has yeah. us off the both team in the Super Bowl because it's hard to make the Super Bowl. A lot of teams don't make it, make it to the Super Bowl. There's a few teams in the NFL still haven't made it to the Super Bowl yet. Yeah, yeah. I like the so. Chiefs secondary, um, especially with Tyron Matthew I back there too. and stuff like that. Yeah, 
Um, but the thing is, I don't think the Chiefs really need their secondary for this game. They need their, you know, their their interior guys, their front seven. Um, they're going to have to stop that running game, so that way they force Jimmy G to throw, and then you just let that secondary have at it. I think if they can force Jimmy G, Jimmy G to throw, I think it's going to be a long day for San Francisco. I think so, too. I agree with you on that, man. I really do. But, I mean, if you open up that running game and then all of a sudden one play-action shot, he's got it, then it's it, – Jimmy G got three good running backs back there. I think he needs to run it down their throats. I think he need to go back to maybe passing five times in the game. <laughs> yeah. If he passed 10, 15 times, he's going to get picked off, man. Yeah, give him the Ryan Tannehill treatment. It's going to be a wrap for him. So – uh, who you got, man? Who you got, Matt? Uh, I'm taking Kansas City 27, San Francisco 21. Okay. My thing is my mind exactly. I'm going for Chiefs 2 as well. I'm going to Chiefs 28 to 21. Mm. You really yep. had to cut me under by one point there, huh? <laughs> That's fine. Hey, man. I had to cu- I cut you up by one, but still, it's one, what, what's the under? Hey, we both over the over under. We over where we supposed to be anyway, according to this, you know. What's that? According to the over and under, we far we far away. What is it? What's the setup? Huh? What's it, 1.5? Well, that's the spread. The spread, yeah. Hey, we don't agree with the spread. It's at 50, 53.5 is the over and under. So that would be, let's see, my points would be, that would be 48. Yours would be 49. Mm-hmm. So we're both under. Okay, okay. Under, okay. So, hey. But they close in records, too, so. I don't think it's going to be no blowout, you know. Make your own predictions, though, because yeah, don't start do. throwing money based off me. Yeah, don't, don't, don't put they no money on me because I don't bet. I tell you, usually, I don't gamble. It usually so. doesn't go well. I don't so gamble, do so I don't have to worry about that. And I don't put no bets either, so I don't have to worry about not break, nobody breaking my legs or nothing <laughs> if, I, if I lose Watch my prediction. Sharks. Yeah, I don't have to worry about any of that never. So, <laughs> you know, and my heart's not, my team's not in it, so my heart's really not in it. But I love sports, so, therefore, I'm going to get my – yeah. Predictions based off my love of sports but and what I see when we analyze these two teams. Other than the Kentucky Derby, this is the biggest day as far as gambling across the country, though, um, especially in Las Vegas. But just throughout, mainly because 99% of people watching this game um, don't have a dog in the fight. And then you start mixing in some alcohol and stuff like that. And things can get out of hand as far as gambling. Oh, wow. Um, I know. So be That's careful it. with yourselves out there, please, especially please if you don't know sports. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Yeah. Just put it away. Throw your phone and lock it up in your, I don't know, put it somewhere where you can't get to it. But it's going to be hard to stop Mahomes. Yeah, I know. He's fun to watch. This boy's good. And he's the leader of the team. So I like a leader like this guy. He can run and he can pass the ball. He's been leading the team and rushing the last three games. So for all the y'all out there who didn't know that, the last three games he's been leading the team in rushing. Yeah. That's not yeah. even design run plays. <laughs> That's scrambling. Nope, it sure is. But so – their defense, San Francisco got good defense, but they're going to have their hands full with this guy. You yep. can't stack the box. What you going to do? So the Super Bowl game is in Miami. Mm-hmm. I saw an article earlier this week that they're not allowing people to bring their grills and stuff like that to tailgate. Damn, um, so sucks. if I was a fan of that and I just traveled all the way down there, I'm pulling out my grill and I don't care what they say. That's, that um, sucks. Yeah, that's really unfortunate, right? I mean, well, what's the distance on that? I, I mean, I don't know. How many miles away? Because, hey, I'm going to no, find a way. They're in the parking lot, right? I mean, oh, I've, I've, we're going to tailgate dri- somewhere. We're going, we're going to pull out the grill somewhere around there. If I come I've all driven, the way down, I've from driven Atlanta, by the stadium. Miami. I've driven okay. by the stadium, and I'll tell you this much: it was yes. like you looked, you're like, oh, there's the stadium. It wasn't like it's not in the city of Miami. Um, it's more of it's probably like 
It is on ninety. It's a, it is on I ninety five, but it's probably like five miles away from the city. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of interesting, I guess. I mean, it's not that far to get over there. Part of sports. It is part of sports. What are you doing, man? Well, I mean, the Braves do it too. Um, the Braves only have two or three lots where you can bring a. Um, yep. And I know where those lots are, right off of Circle Seventy Five. Yeah, you can bring in. Um, you, can. you can bring in a grill, and you can bring in yes. alcohol. Um, everything else is private; it's owned by those industrial places and stuff like that. So you can't do any of that stuff. So it's not that far. Um, but but you look at it from a business standpoint, and it makes sense because then what do these people do? You drive them inside the battery, and then they pay nine dollars a drink, they pay ten dollars a drink, they pay twenty bucks for a meal instead of bringing their own stuff. And then all that money is just going right back to you. For, so from a businessman standpoint, I get it, uh, but it just kind of sucks. You know, tailgating is kind of the whole thing. You get down there early and. You know, you start grilling food and stuff like that, and it's part of the experience. But I understand, but it's a tradition, man. Yeah, teams have been doing this for years and years and years. Matter of fact, they branded it. They're a brand now. Tailgating is a brand across America. It's a brand. And you're gonna try to stop it. I understand it's a business, Matt. I do. I get it. Um, there's people in there. If I owned a restaurant inside the battery, I want them to come. You know, yeah, come to my restaurant. Yeah, drink, eat have fun you know what i'm saying so right i can understand it from that standpoint but also i also understand that tailgating is part of sports also as well so everybody's not going to want to tailgate right. i understand that too so why stop it yeah everybody's not going to tailgate yeah so it'd be interesting to see um as far as the other stuff with the super bowl you always got the commercials which is the main reason why people watch it um, oh halftime too unbelievable unbelievable amount of money is being paid for those commercials Come on, um, stupid doritos always does a good job bud light always does a good job um cheetos yeah Cheeto, and then just you name it they'll do it um i think the halftime performance is beyonce and shakira i think demi lovato singing the national anthem um so there's that if you're watching the game Should for those reasons j-lo Oh, it is J-Lo. You're right. All yeah, right. J-Lo, J-Lo and Shakira. And Shakira, yeah. Yeah, so two – I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, they're two Latin American women, yeah. um, and they're in Miami. Okay. You know, it's just kind of the cultural hub for – Ain't that their hometown? Uh, I don't know. I know Shakira's from – Oh, well, uh, J-Lo well, – J-Lo's from New York. I take that back. J-Lo yeah, from Block, Shakira's from Brenner. Columbia. Well, you know, um, it's more of a cultural thing than anything. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, so for sure. Makes sense. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be a good overall day. Get out, get some wings, get some pizza, get some beer – Hang out with your family and your friends and, you know, make a day of it. Uh, be safe. And, you know, when we come back next week, we'll be sure to break that matchup down. And uh, hopefully one of our predictions is right, although it is only by one point because Ro just decided to do that to me. So um, I guess we'll see who's closer. Yeah, man, I want to go make a two-spread. My thing prediction too far away. You know, man, yeah. I mean, 28. Well, that, I mean, that could mean that if the game honestly, is that close, that means we're just that smart. But, yeah, it does. But I'm, I'm telling you right now. Mahomes has the capability to put over 30 points on that board. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> without Even with, with San Francisco, he has the capabilities because they got three wide receivers that are fast and quick, yeah. and they run their routes really well. So I don't even think you got enough corners back there, enough safeties back there to, <laughs> board to stop. They're going to need, they're going to need, they're going to need some extra men, dude. And a stack in the box ain't going to work. I would never stack the back box against Mahomes ever, never. Because they don't have no running game. So why would I stack the box? Yeah. No. no. It'll be interesting to see. I want to see, see how Richard Sherman does. Well, he can't be everywhere. He mouth. can't be on both sides of the ball. And you got three dudes out there. They're going to do three wide outs yeah. at the minimum every yeah. time. So I don't know what to tell you. Hmm. Well, you want to get, get to Mahomes, don't stack the box because he can run. You flush the pocket out, he's going to be on the move. 
He can score touchdowns, and he has scored a lot of touchdowns himself. So y'all better think about that, San Francisco. If you're going to stop this guy, you're going to probably have to knock him out. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's destined to make up for a good matchup. And um, like I said, next week when, when we get out here, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But we both have That's the Chiefs be winning. Yeah, we do. Um, then a lower-scoring matchup. So uh, we'll yeah. have to see how it goes. I'm going to eat my wings, sit on the couch, and watch, watch the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. So I believe we're only, oh, is that two, three weeks, two and a half weeks, two, two um, from, weeks. from pitchers and catchers reporting yeah. um, down to the new facility in Northport for the Atlanta Braves. I think the first game is on February 22nd against the Orioles. Am I right? Yes, correct. Wow, I'm good. That's photographic yep. memory right there. I looked at yep. that, I think, yesterday. But um, Day before my birthday. Yeah, biggest news Biggest news since, since we've been gone is that Marcelo Zuna did agree to a one-year deal with the Atlanta Braves, he's going to be the starting left fielder. One year, $18 million. Um, really good. Puts us in, puts him in the four hole in the lineup. Big bat mm-hmm. from the right side. Yeah. Um, gives protection to Freddie. And I don't think Anthopoulos is done yet. I think he's got more things up his sleeve. Yeah, hurry I up. still think he can, uh, I think he might wheel and deal for a third baseman. I'm not going to say who, but that option is there just because of the prospects that we have and how deep our farm system is. I think that. We're, we're pretty intriguing to teams who are looking to get rid of their third basements. Um, so with that being said, I, I think that it's safe to assume that the Braves are going to find their way probably at the back, you know, at the top of top of the uh, the NL East. Um, when this is all said and done, I think that Azunia thing really pay, is going to really pay off for us. Um, I think he's going to bond well with the team. I think that if we are to add anybody else, it'll make us even better. But you look at the bullpen now has been – as solid as it's ever been, arguably the best bullpen in baseball right now. Oh yeah, with all the guys that they resigned. Well, well I, I, I say number two best bullpen. Why? I say in, in the National League they got the best bullpen. But right. Not in American League they got the best bullpen. I that's my opinion. You know, I still think the Yankees in the AFC got the best got the best bullpen in the American League. Yeah, I mean, I I could see that, but I do. You look at you look at, I mean, there's no there's really nobody else in the NL that comes close as far as bullpen. And I think that was the biggest, the biggest problem, you know, moving forward Then Anthopoulos decided to address um, that during the first half of the season. There's no many, you know, there's no telling how many games we could have won with a, with I a solid Braves bullpen. Though. I you love know? the Braves still, trust me. But Matt, <laughs> like, I love my Braves, man. Don't keep me wrong. Don't get it twisted now, y'all. Damn I love Yankees, my Braves, but that go, man. <laughs> yeah, the Yankees still get the best bullpen, but – Hey, I love our chances winning it the East again. We're gonna win it again three years in a row. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, I think, I think we will. I think this team is only getting better, um, especially just because we look at the team. I mean, we're all, we're all young. You yeah. know, Dansby's twenty five, twenty six. Mm-hmm. Um, Ozzy's twenty two. Acuna's yeah. twenty one. Yeah. I mean, Freddie's. I think just twenty nine, twenty nine, thirty, turning thirty this year. Yeah, he'd be I mean, thirty. I mean, still that's this year. That's younger for baseball. Yeah. Um, and then we got a young, a bunch of young arms in the starting rotation mm-hmm. that are bound to get better. Um, you know, they're going to be led by veterans like Cole Hamels, and then we did sign a one year deal or a minor league deal with Felix Hernandez, who you know has won Cy Young awards. Yeah. Um, he was a staple out there in Seattle during his prime. Um, you know, he might make the starting rotation, but if anything, you know, he's going to be a really big, really big help to these younger guys and kind of mentor them, you know, during the spring training and get their stuff right for the season. Um, looking at the starting rotation, you're probably looking at 
Soroka freed Fulte, Hamels, and then that battle for the fifth spot's kind of uh, kind of up in the air. You know, it could be Sean Newcomb, it could be Felix Hernandez, like I just said. It yep. could be some of the younger guys like Kyle Wright or Bryce Wilson. Um, I think they're going to hold off on Ian Anderson just for the whole service time thing. Mm. Um, but I think he could sneak his way up into the fifth spot if, if we kind of struggle there during the beginning of the season because, I mean, he's our highly touted p- pitching prospect. He's our number one pitching prospect, and um, I think he's going to be he's going to be electric. Um, and then, I mean, he's only 20, 21 years old, so there's another guy that we can add in. Um so this is going to be a really good year. We're all young. I think you know we're going. To, I think we're the youngest team in the NL East. Yeah, we are. Um, um, which is good. If we're winning and we're the youngest team, that only means it's going to get better. I still got nightmares about that playoff game five. Yeah, I know, and um, it's it's just something that I mean the Braves are going to have to get over the hump. That first inning was terrible. I you know I I never seen that forever since I've been watching baseball. I, I, ho- I hope it doesn't. I I think they're kind of past it now. I think they're past that point. They got you know a couple new faces in there. I think if they can pull one more guy in, hopefully a third baseman, um, that'll be huge for us. If not, we're gonna kind of roll with the Camargo Austin Riley experiment and see how that goes. And you know maybe if it does enough for us to hold on, and then somebody gets desperate at the trade deadline, yeah. he gives us a really good third baseman. Then I think that would be really good. Um, I think that would be good for the Braves. I think that would be good for you know for the city who really needs you know who needs a good a good sports moment that's on our that's only our biggest hold right now is third baseman um then i don't like some of the closing pitchers i won't mention no names right now but i will during the season starts blue but, jackson you know, terrible man terrible i like shine green though he's good yeah yeah but we'll see when the season going i don't want to pull my hair out this year no i think the bullpen will do a lot better we got the addition of will smith um who's going to be a really good piece for us. We got um, Darno, who's going to be behind the pit, behind the plate for us alongside Flowers, yeah. um, another you know seasoned veteran that I think is going to do really good. He did really good with Tampa Bay. You um, said Flowers? Flowers and Darno. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to say Tyler Flowers' name, but it's okay. Uh-huh. We'll, I know. That's what I'm talking about. We'll get past it. If y'all watch previous shows, you'll know what I'm talking about. When I said, I said Flowers, you said Flowers. Yeah, we'll get past it. He feels some kind of way about this guy. I do. Not a huge fan. You know, I, I don't get it. I'm a, you know, I like him as a well, person. I do get it, but he, I love him as a person. He's a hometown guy. He does a yeah. lot of good things around here. I just don't like him as a baseball player. I love him as a person. Though. I have no problem with him you at all. See, yeah, but so we got now. We got one guy who just retired. Yeah, yeah. Brian McCann did retire. Yeah. So, um, so hey, here we are. Started a new season. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. The NL East once again is going to is going to make itself up for another battle. Um, you can't ever count out the Phillies. You know, the Nationals won the World Series. Yeah. Um, there's no telling they what the Mets are going to do, but odds are they're not. They're, they ain't going to do they're nothing. Gonna, they're going to self-implode like they yep. do every year. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even start the season without nope. their head coach getting <clears throat> fired from the whole Houston Astros yep, thing. sure did. Fall um, out. And I think they had to take a uh, big step down in hiring their new guy. So, yep. And, you know, the Marlins are still rebuilding. Um, so... I mean, the Braves, and I think it's going to be between the Braves and the Nationals. I think the Phillies beat themselves up every year. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how this how this goes because Nationals probably have the best starting rotation, um, probably the best starting rotation in baseball. But who did the Nationals lose off their championship team? They lost some guys, um, though. Rendon. Anthony Rendon's in L.A. now, who was their starting third baseman who was in the MVP talks. Um, Cedar. Yeah, I mean that's that's missing a big piece um, for sure. I don't know who they are going to grab to fill it in, you know. But they still got they still got Strasburg and they got uh, 
and they got Scherzer. So I, we're still confident. Right the Braves are still confident against them, Matt. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Against the Nationals. The Nationals, they just had a little hot streak in the in the playoffs. You know, you get playoffs. on a hot streak in a row, Any, you yeah. go win. Anything in playoffs is who's hot at the right time. That's right. That's all, all it's about. We know that. At the sports. end of the day, these are all grown men. Okay, yeah. they're playing a sport that there was a reason they were all drafted in the sport they play. So whoever can gel and whoever can get hot at the right time, man, they're going to do we it. We never thought they was going to get past the Dodgers with 106 wins. Yeah. We didn't think. We, nobody saw that coming. It's nobody. all about who's hot. I mean, look at yeah. you mean, the Cardinals and the and the Nationals came out on the NL side. Yeah. You know, and the Braves and the Dodgers were the better teams. Yeah. But you look at those two teams and they were both complain, you know, they were both playing competitive baseball throughout the season. So you look at coming down to the end of it. The Cubs were right there with the Cardinals battling for that NL Central spot. Yeah. So the Cardinals were playing really meaningful games. They were. Uh, the Nationals were battling for the wild card spot. So they were playing really competitive games. The Braves took a back seat as soon as they won the NL East. They the did. Dodgers won the NL West in like early September. They did. So they took a back seat as well. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point you got to start to think um, with these – the way these past two playoff appearances has gone for the Braves. You can't let your foot off the gas. You can't pedal. let your foot off the gas. And sometimes I guess you hope that you win the NL East by one game so that way you're playing competitive ball. Yeah. Um, just because that means you get hot at the right time. I don't like the way the seasons have ended in the regular season the past two seasons. Me neither. I think that um, things have gotten a little flaky at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, guys start resting and stuff like that. And I, I understand you want to rest guys so they don't get hurt. But they've got to play together. That's the only way chemistry is made. That's the only way teams get hot is if they stay together and they play together. You just um, got to keep your fingers crossed, Matt, and, and hope for the best and say a prayer for sure. that nobody gets hurt. Yeah. You know, Swanson came on towards the end, and he came on in the playoffs, but he was only one. He is, I, And uh, I said he missed more games than probably anybody else, too. So he, know, is, he was fresh. He is the X factor going into the season for me um, just because if he hits like everybody, like we know he can, we saw it in the playoffs. Um, he's another element to this lineup. Um, you can throw him right behind Ozuna in the five hole. I like him. Or the six hole. You I know? like him. I he's like got Swanson. speed. He can steal a lot of bases. He's outstanding defensively. So if he can hit, man, I think he's got the chance to to do you know some pretty incredible things this year. Um, and it's not like I need him to hit 300 or 310. Right. You know, I just need I need 200 and I need, I need 270, um, 15, 20 home runs, get some RBIs, get some stolen bases, drive guys in, and then plays you know plays position on defense. I want him at thirty. I want him at thirty home runs. Thirty. I mean, I, the way he started off the season, he definitely could have got there. Yeah. I think he was on track for twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, he got yeah. hurt. So if he can stay healthy, man, he's he's somebody that we need. And uh, thirty, just because he's a hometown kid, and I think he's yep. finally gotten his feet settled um, to where the the pressure is kind of off of him now. I think the first couple of seasons, the pressure was definitely on him. You know, his face was everywhere when they brought him here to Atlanta, and I think it really got to him mentally. Um, but as you saw to their playoffs, he's a gamer. Um, when he steps in a big situation, even when he struggled in the seasons past, he always stepped up in big situations. And I think that playoff series gave him a huge amount of confidence, and I think it's going to carry over into this season. Braves fans, please watch Swanson this year and support him and back him up and pray that he stays healthy because if he stays healthy man he's going to wreak havoc on that east and the national league both i'm telling you well you watch from him in the playoffs i'm telling you he's going to help that team a whole lot what you said Matt? you you have him going about sixth or seventh yeah yeah something to rotate you're going to drop him down i mean i can see him i can see him in the seven hole i can see him in the six hole i mean okay at some point i can see him in the two hole um, I could see I could see him kind of experimenting with 
Acuna back in the cleanup spot. Maybe go Ozzy lead off and then Dansby in two. Mm-hmm. And then Freddie and Acuna. I could see that with Azunia in five. Um, I mean, but you well, look at it. If you can add well, Acuna, you could put him anywhere, right? But if you can add, if you can add Dansby to those front five right there in the in the in the order, yeah. Um, that that's that's not, I mean, you look at the first four right now. You know, Acuna, Ozzy, Freddie, Azunia, all all stars at some point. They yeah, um, they were, and yeah. you know, you're good. I think you're set. Um, I think, I guess this Marquecas thing is going to play out until Pache is ready. Um, mm-hmm. Who's a young a young prospect um, who I think will be up before the season's over, and I think he will wind up in the starting lineup. Yeah, about at about 40, um, 50 games, maybe yeah. fifty games. I maybe. think they brought Nick back because he wanted to play another year, and um, they we all love him here. I have nothing against him. He did really really good things for us when we needed him. He's cool. Um, but he got hurt at the wrong time. Yeah, but I mean, he's you know he's 30, 36 years old now. Um, he's not going to be able to move as well as he used to. You know, I'm not dogging the guy. This is facts. What do you got? One year left on his contract. What do you got? Well, they gave him another one year deal. One year deal. Yeah. So I mean, nothing hurt there. If anything, he's a huge bat off the bench, along with Duvall, who's going to be coming off the bench as he well. He won't hurt. He won't hurt the team. No, not at all. And mm-hmm. then I think Pache will be out there just because he's an 80 grade defensively. Um, 80 grade is yeah. a, pretty much 100. Um, so if you're looking, if you look at those skills from 20 to 80, he's an 80 defensively. And you can put him in center field and just let him fly around, and he'll save you a bunch of games on the defensive side. Yeah, he will. And then eventually, you know, eventually, when this when this outfield lines up the way it's supposed to with these prospects and stuff, yeah. it's gonna be the best in baseball. It's gonna be fun so, to watch, real fun to interesting watch. Interesting stuff for sure. Fun. But uh, we'll come back next week. We'll see if anything changes. If not, we'll kind of just give another recap because um, we the week after that, um, pitchers and catchers will be reporting. And then you know, baseball's right around the corner. We've missed it. We're you know, we're kind of in a gray area right now between sports and, you know, the city kind of comes together when the Braves are in town. You know, they're close to where we do our shows. Um, this, yeah, we're you know, not this far county away. Kinda, this county kind of, you know, built a camaraderie between everybody. So it would be great to see them back at Truist Park. I guess we'll talk about that Truist for a second. Truist Park, name change. No more SunTrust. Completely forgot about it. Um, yeah. What a hideous name, first of all. <laughs> I don't like the it. The logo's but... cool, though. I will give them that. The logo's cool. It's modern. It's sleek. But the name, oh, I'm not calling it Truist. Truist Park. Truist no. uh, well, Park, I don't not know. SunTrust. I'm going to call it TP. You're uh, going to call it TP Park? TP. Hey, I like that. We can start using that on the show. Just remind me. We're going to call it TP Park. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to go it's down. It's TP. We're gonna well, go no, 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 no. TP, it? Truist Park. Just oh. say, I'm going to the TP. Yeah, we're going to TP. Yeah, that's right. We know what it means. Stand for, yeah, yeah, Truist Park. I'm either going to call it that or I'm going to call it SunTrust. We, I know that's I not like, banking. You know, word. I love nicknames, Matt, so we're going to call it TP. Yeah. Take an Uber down to the TP. To the TP. Yeah, we're yeah. going out to TP, and I love it, man, because I grew up in a city that in Indianapolis. We didn't have no professional baseball team. We had a minor league team in Indianapolis in it. So living here in Atlanta over the last nine years, I love it. And I want to live what? We live about 15 minutes away from the stadium, man. It's great. Yeah, you hop over there. Since they there moved on, up here, oh, man. Hop over there to Windy Hill. You're probably six miles away, yeah, six, six, seven miles away. That's it, man. Perfect. So I, I love it, man. I can't, I, I'm can't. i so excited every year when we talk about baseball. I love it. And the Braves, hey, they got a really good young team, man. Y'all need to really start recognizing and watching these guys. Yeah, definitely. For sure. um, get in there and get, you know, get some tickets. Get get down there. Um, I love when that place. is I've been to out. the game every year. I've been to a couple games. Hey, y'all need to get down there for real. Yep, I'm thinking about buying some season tickets, um, just so I can. Okay. I mean, I love being down there, and especially out of games. You know, man. moving down there and moving down there in a couple months. I want to, you know, I want to be down there every night. You know, I, I want to see these guys game. play. I do a ten to twenty game package. Yeah, you could do that as well. They do a lot I of cool that. things for you guys. I mean, the tickets aren't that expensive unless you're no, going to a big not. series. But if you go to a big series, you should, you know, expect to pay that kind of money. For they're sure. cheap. They're cheaper than going to the uh, 
Falcons game and going to the Hawks game. Well, I'll tell y'all that. It's a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper. A lot cheaper than going yep. to watch the two and six Falcons. I can tell you that right yeah, now. You got that right. <laughs> Boy, that was terrible. 